Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, before you skip ahead, check this out. You can now follow our Patreon page for free. Now, to be clear, if you follow Patreon for free, you won't get any of the bonus shows like The Shadow Docket or The After Party, but you're definitely going to get email alerts when there's a new episode out. You're also going to be able to comment under the free episodes, but if you'd like to follow along with our daily coverage, it's better to subscribe for just $5 a month on our Patreon page. You'll get access to the exclusive Shadow Docket shows twice per week, featuring uncensored commercial-free talk about everything that didn't fit into the free shows. Plus, you're going to get access to the Patreon app and the chat room, and you'll be supporting this fully independent podcast as we guide you through the chaos of our politics during an election year. So get going. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Bob. 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 La Luga 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 Luga. Why don't I just call you Bob? The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, January 16, 2024, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Little Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 1091 of the Biden-Harris administration, 294 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on Instagram and threads. My handle is TheBobSeska there. Twitter, BobSeska underscore go. Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com. And sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. Yeah. you say Buzz Careful. You said it all. Careful. 25 below, you'll freeze your caucus off. <laughs> Nothing better cold. than starting a show with a caucus joke. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's cold. Hey, hi. hi. Uh, he, he's Bob. I'm Buzz. And we'll be delivering our own closing arguments. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. Yep. Uh, uh, winner's here with a vengeance, as mm-hmm. you know. Uh, temperature's near zero in a lot of places. Yep. Uh, Airline passengers say it's even colder at 16,000 feet. <laughs> close that up. Yep. Uh, now, now that the Iowa caucuses are over, a uh, big announcement from Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. Uh, he's opening up a Cinnabon. <laughs> so, uh, Chris Christie also had to drop out of the presidential race. Hmm. Uh, he, he never could figure out how to close the bridges in Iowa. It just didn't... <laughs> Uh, Christie was caught on mic saying that Nikki Haley cannot hold up through the campaign. Uh, Christie predicting that Haley would get smoked, which, by the way, is how Christie likes his favorite meats. <laughs> what else? What else? Oh, 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 this past week, uh, Republicans held Hunter Biden in contempt. Yeah. Uh, the feeling was mutual. 
Uh, and uh, a Florida school district, I know we'll be talking about this, a Florida yeah. school district has removed 1,600 books, including dictionaries and thesauruses, because they contain sexual references. Jesus. So, uh, for example, students will no longer be able to look up a synonym for asshole. <laughs> Soon enough. Not soon Answering enough. that question, yeah. Rocky Mountain Mike, Mary in Ann Arbor. Yeah. With that classic right there. Yes. Fingers crossed that he will be in prison soon. Thank you, boys. Yes, indeed. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sleepy today, Buzz. I was up way too late last night watching cable news and the uh, <laughs> returns coming in from the Iowa caucus. Were you, were, were you on the edge of your seat wondering how uh, it would I, turn out? I I was. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. yeah. I thought, well, you know what? Nikki still has a chance. Ah, shit. No, she doesn't. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting, and this isn't a joke, uh, and I think I've proven that already. Last night uh, featured both the Iowa caucuses and the Emmy Awards. Yeah. Trump won the caucuses and Succession won the Emmys, proving you can never go wrong with right-wing lies. <laughs> that's, that's It's not really... See, it's not really a joke. It's a fact. You know, that's the, that's the problem with that. But, See, I, I recognize that you were setting something up, and I thought, well, this could be a joke. Sure. So. Well, no, I appreciate it. Uh, it, it, it helped, I'm sure. Uh, but you, you, you say you're sleepy. I, you can hear I'm still stuffy. I've still got this uh, cold. I had a cold. I had the Thanksgiving cold, and yeah. I got over that. And then I got the, I don't know, Christmas New Year's cold, mm-hmm. and I'm still, I guess it's the New Year's cold, and I'm still fighting that. But here's yeah. the the other irony of that is, what is it? It's snowing in like one degree where you are or something? Yeah, yeah. It's basically like the Overlook Hotel here. Yeah. Right. He, he, here, are you ready for this? Yeah. I have a cold. It's 74, and I've just been notified lightning has been d- detected five miles away. <laughs> 74 degrees, possible thunderstorms. Uh, and 80% humidity. That's what the weather's doing down here while you're in that. Oh, uh, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. Bullshit. Because I want to be there. I want to be down there in that. Because <laughs> Well, well you, if you do, though, you have to have my cold. And that's the new name of our show. We're stuffy and sleepy in the morning. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> good morning. And we can literally be congested when we say good morning. <laughs> good morning. That's right. You know what? I got to thank Iowa. For really? Having their, why? For having their their having their caucus on a Monday night, so we can talk about it on Tuesday. Yeah, Instead that of, does help. Yeah. <laughs> it extends the shelf life of today's program, and so at least on on that front, I'm I'm grateful for the podcasting. You know, uh, yeah, uh, because although I don't know how much importance I put on the Iowa primary itself, yeah. I think there's uh, there are important things to say about it. I think <clears throat> there are important lessons to be drawn from it this time. Yeah, I think the big takeaway here is that, and we can just base 
basically uh, credit this to Lawrence O'Donnell, who, by the way, no one trolls Donald Trump like Lawrence O'Donnell trolls Donald Trump. So last night during the coverage, Lawrence made sure to note that Trump's projected margin of victory in the Iowa caucus mm-hmm. will be the lowest margin ever for someone who's already been president. So that's weak and low energy. Donald Trump only ended up getting about 51% of the vote. Right. That, that means 49% of Iowa Republicans voted against the person that they think is still president. For me, the other takeaway, and, and maybe I'm the glass half empty guy today, but <laughs> it, it says to me that Republicans have made their choice. A majority or at least, uh, yeah, in this case, 51%. Yeah. It, see, uh, that 51% bothers me. We expected Trump to get a plurality of the vote. Uh, I don't know that we expected him necessarily to get a majority of the vote, and that's disturbing. To me, the sad takeaway, and the maybe for me the big takeaway from yesterday's uh, Iowa caucuses, is that uh, Republicans, especially Iowa Republicans, but Republicans in general, have made their choice clear. They support the fascist. Yeah, they do. The majority of them, uh, 49% may be against, but we still have a majority of Republicans who support the fascist. Now, Mm -hmm. it should be noted also that turnout was about half of what it uh, could have been uh, because of the weather. Big deal. Uh, and, yeah. and that's that's a factor as mm-hmm. well. But, uh, yeah, no, I know. And and I, I have come with good news today, you know, encouraging news, I think, about uh, the Biden's chances against Trump or our chances against Trump. Uh, but but I don't want to leave behind the, the message from yesterday's Iowa caucuses that Republicans like the fascist. Interviews, Bob, with individual voters, uh, they're saying they like the authoritarian quality. To to them, that says strength, and they support that. Yeah, these are people who are alleged small government conservatives. Well, uh, the farmers of Iowa? I don't don't know. I mean... Well, at least as a general observation, uh Republicans claim to be small government conservatives. Now, whether they actually are, that's a completely different story. But right. that, that's the brand of the party that they're part of. And that's the thing that they are always talking. They want small government. They want to shrink the size of government while at the same time supporting the notion of a tyrannical dictator president. Right. And obviously we've been seeing this uh, reflected in the polls, uh, certainly the entrance and exit polls taken yesterday. But the Young Turks uh, sent a, a reporter out to talk to some Iowa Republicans participating in the, I don't know if they participated in the caucus, but they certainly attended Donald Trump's uh, dog and pony traveling uh, tent revival shows. And uh, you'll be astonished by this. I think this has been making its rounds on social media. Let's listen to some uh, Iowa Trump supporters Mm -hmm. confirming that they want Donald Trump to be a dictator. Here we go. Hang on tight. Would you rather have four years of Donald Trump as a dictator or four years of President Biden reelected? You, you know, you don't have to like the words that come out of the man's mouth, but sometimes in life we all need a good paddling from the principle to, to set our life on the right track. And this country does need a little bit of that. It, we need a little paddling. I mean, I was a problem child growing up and it took a good still are leadership yeah talk about there's more to this but i want to pause here talk about someone who's carrying along his toxic masculinity into politics like oh yeah you know what country's really fucked up so it needs a beating the country needs a good beating show you love it by punching it (laughs) that's right i was beaten and therefore i support donald trump to beat everyone else too right 
because I got beaten as a kid. That's what that guy's saying. I was beaten, and look at me. I'm okay. I'm supporting a dictator. Everything turned out just perfectly for me. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's continue here. You set me straight. So I, I think our country does need some of that. So I, I hands down believe people wanted it four years ago, three years ago. So what do you think the dominatrix charges him anyway? <laughs> Any idea? Oh, man, this guy's got a secret closet in his house, I'm sure, yeah. with lots of leather hoods in there. I don't know about that. You, you think it was a stolen election? With, without a doubt. The other we, day we Donald Trump said on his first... Oh, yeah, we're going to come back to that. The number without of people who thought the 2020 election was stolen and that uh, Donald uh, Trump is still president. No doubt. Oh, was, without a doubt, it was stolen. <laughs> first day is going to be a dictator for a day. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that. Would you rather have Donald Trump as a dictator for four years or re-elect Joe Biden for four years? I would rather have Donald Trump... I'd like to see the repeal of the Roosevelt Law. So that he can be a president. Uh, let, let's let's stop right there. Jesus Christ, the, he loves the poorly educated, doesn't he? Um, yes, he does. This guy thinks that there's a Roosevelt law. What he's actually talking about is a constitutional amendment that set up term limits for the president. I believe it's the Twenty Second Amendment. Right. Yeah. No person shall be elected to the office of the president more than twice. And this guy wants to repeal that. Law, right? <laughs> to install a permanent, to install yeah. a permanent dictator. Yeah, right. And we're going to talk about that aspect of Donald Trump too here in just a few minutes because right. he confirmed that once again that he will not leave office after four years. We yes. cannot emphasize this enough. Fifty-one percent of Iowa Republicans last night supported a guy who has pledged on numerous occasions. That he will not leave office after four years. This is what the Republican Party wants. They want dictatorship. These tapes prove it. These tapes Bob's playing uh, prove exactly that point. Exactly. It's not just the party leadership or Donald Trump himself. It's the disciples of the Republican Party. That's right. They want this too. They want Donald Trump to be the last guy in the chair in this game of musical chairs, and then he will never leave. They want him to be president for life. The right. Vladimir Putin of the United States. Right. That's what we're facing here. For a lot more than four years, but we, this country, needs a dictator. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Donald Trump said in a speech that on day one for a day, he would be a dictator. What do you think of that? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I, I don't know. Would you rather have four years of Donald <laughs> Trump as a dictator Jesus. or four years of Joe Biden as a president? Trump. As a dictator. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Would you rather have four years of uh, Donald Trump as a dictator or four years of Joe Biden as a president? Donald Trump all the way. Even as a dictator? Yes, yes. Even coming out of Slovakia? Yes, yes. Would you rather have four years of Donald Trump as a dictator or four years of Joe Biden as a president? No, we have a dictator currently, so. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yes, we do. Jesus, yeah. But that dictator is bad. I want our dictator in office. Yeah. That's they what truly believe, They truly believe this stuff. They truly, and, uh, you know, there's no reaching. I, 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 I don't know. At least there's a segment that there's just yes. absolutely no reaching them. Tyranny is okay. As long as it's their tyranny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're way more into the Trump brand. Right. Than they are into anything else. 
and so they don't care as long as that brand wins as long as the thing that they've linked their personal brands to right. is Attached. successful then it makes them feel successful and less like forgotten losers you know attach what I mean? attach whatever you want to him yeah uh, it's the, that's their brand that's their cult mm-hmm. that's their religion that's their tribe it's all about the brand you know I was I've been rewatching for all mankind uh not they just had their season four finale last week right. and I've been going back through and watching seasons one and two and there was this great scene in one of the season two uh episodes where they actually bring in lee atwater and lee atwater is trying to convince a couple of the characters to run for congress and he says people are more interested in the drama people want drama they don't necessarily want truth like truth is second on that priority list facts are boring yeah what they prefer is the drama now obviously this is a a fictionalized version of lee atwater but that's basically the thing that lee atwater was good at creating the drama making that supersede the truth and so that's where we are right now it it couldn't have been more appropriate for our times i don't know how we come back from it i i hope that uh, a summer of uh Criminal prosecutions will help. Yeah. I hope that uh, a, a resounding defeat in November will help. I hope that those things combined will help. But there is a segment we will not be able to penetrate, and not for decades. Yeah. Let's talk about the polling versus the actual results. Because I know on this show, at least, we've been shitting all over the polls. And I think rightfully yeah. so. The polls have been somewhat inaccurate yeah, <laughs> over well, the past... Y- y- uh, yes. several years, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with an as asterisk, I want to address that, but but please proceed. So Donald Trump, in terms of the polling average on 538, was forecasted to get 52.7% of the vote. Uh-huh. He actually ended up with 51% of the vote, as we saw uh, in the uh, Iowa caucus. Nikki Haley, according to the 538 polling averages, would have come in second place. She did not come in second place. It's very close between her and DeSantis. Right. They forecasted, according to the polling averages, 18 Point seven percent for Nikki Haley. She actually ended up getting nineteen point one percent. So she outperformed the polls. Yes. Uh, in terms of Ron DeSantis, that was the big surprise. Fifteen point eight percent. Yeah, according to the polls, but he ended up yeah. getting twenty one point two percent of the vote. Yeah, he beat Haley. He's still very much in it. I much to my surprise. Yeah, that was one of the big things that I noticed in the results of the caucus is the fact that Ron DeSantis outperformed all expectations. So, generally speaking, we're talking about, uh, let's see, for Ron DeSantis, what's that range? 21% he got and 15%. So, you know, I guess give or take five percentage points here or there, that can kind of be our margin of error as we talk about polls moving forward. If there is a number, consider it could be five points lower, it could be five points higher. I think those are the the gray area parameters that we're going to be dealing with between now and November. And and if I may, a word about about polls. Uh, I, I have I have seen what you've seen over the last year. I've seen what everyone listening has seen over the last year. Mm-hmm. And that's poll predictions about an election that was too far away yeah. to make poll predictions uh, about. And uh, a lot of that is not driven by the polling companies. It's driven by the media that hire the polling companies to say the things the media wants to write about. And uh, so those, in, in many cases, are commissioned polls. But in, in many cases over the last year, they've been wrong because they've been too early. Yeah. Uh, we, we've seen other examples of, of polling, and we know inherent problems in polling about how uh, people don't answer their cell phones for polls. Uh, so uh, it's it skewed toward people with landlines, of which there are fewer, and they're older. And so the, the pollsters have to make mathematical 
political compensations. And yeah, I've seen the polls off as well. But I want to caution my progressive friends not to be like MAGA. Yeah. Don't, don't. And I tried to preach about this online and some people are willing to hear it and some people are not, but I'm going to go ahead with it anyway. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't stop believing in math. Don't yeah. stop believing in science. Don't stop believing in research. Use your head. If it's too soon to be doing pollings, the polls on a, an election, then don't look at the polls. Yeah. If it's getting closer, maybe you should start paying attention. Polls, like the show Family Feud, can tell us how we feel about things, how we think about <laughs> things. And to deny that, to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, all polls are bad, I'm never listening to any poll ever, 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 ever again. Well, that's very MAGA of you. Hmm. That is fighting words, Buzz. I, 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 I understand that, but that is how <laughs> that that is how MAGA believes. That's how yeah. they behave. Yeah. And and uh, honestly, yes, I like I said, I started out by telling you I see the problems with the polls. Yeah. I know too, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's yeah. stupid. And while I recognize the inaccuracies of the polls, especially right. over the previous uh, couple of presidential elections, the way I look at polls is more of a thumbnail, more of a glimpse that right. there's a range for rather than a hard and fast number. That It's a guide. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's kind of a guide. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so, so I'm constantly gaming the polls in my own way to right. make sure that we all understand that, as I said before, it could go either way. There's like a range of maybe 10 points in the, you know, the needle could go anywhere in that range of 10 points. Right. I, I think there's some value in the polling averages specifically, maybe not individual polls, but if you look at the polling averages, there is some value there in terms of getting a hint as to what's to come. Relying too much on the polls while at the same time uh, making an entire show based on the polls themselves and creating this horse race narrative, that's, I think, where you go wrong. And you see that all over cable news. So You're absolutely, But people are absolutely right to blame the media who, yeah, yeah. Fa who fan this stuff, who, right. who, who actually fuel the polls. Mm -hmm, exactly. And so one of the things that I noticed, one of the uh, entrance polls that we're doing, is, uh, I think that's a relatively new thing for yes. some of the networks. They were doing entrance polls, polling people as they were walking into the caucuses. Right. And uh, this one entrance poll was whether or not caucus goers were part or considered themselves part of the MAGA movement. 49% mm. said yes, 46% said no at the wow. time that I uh, jotted down these results. Mm. That kind of bears out in the results, given the fact that Donald right. Trump only got 51% of the Republican base supporting him. Yeah. Big difference in accuracy when it's done as they're walking into the polls as yeah. opposed to a year out from the, from the caucus. <laughs> right, right, because then yeah. you get the right. actual final decision from right. a lot of these right. people. The responsibility, you know, whether it's the media or, or yeah. polls or whatever, or a government news conference, the responsibility is always on us yeah. to, to know the facts, to, 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 to read, to learn, to understand 
uh, ultimately, it's our responsibility to dis- to separate the wheat from the chaff, and and uh, ultimately that job falls on us. And and although it's handy sometimes to to finger point and blame, and there are, you know there's plenty of blame to go around, especially in the media. Uh, we should not leave ourselves out of the equation. One of the things that I kept going back to all night long is just the process of observing the faces and Mm -hmm. the people participating in these caucuses, Mm -hmm. knowing that at least half of them had been fully conned by the world's most obvious con man. I want to make sure to emphasize the word obvious because this is no mystery. Like, what is Donald Trump really like? Yeah, he's a con man. He lies all the time. He's made suckers out of half of the American voting population. I couldn't get past that last night. And and this has nothing to do with the results, really. But just looking at these people who are so badly deluded, a full 66 to 67 percent of them don't believe Joe Biden won the election. That was another entrance poll from MSNBC last night. 66% of them don't believe Joe Biden won the election. They believe that Donald Trump is still president. That is astonishing. Two-thirds of Iowa Republicans are effing bananas, suckered, again, by the world's most obvious con man. And that's the thing, I think, that drives us all crazy, obviously dealing with this since 2015-ish. I can't believe so many people refuse to see the fact that they are being conned. I mean, the biggest con in the history of American politics. It is staggering. Everyone knows it. Ask around. He's the world's most notorious liar. Ask anyone, anyone who lived in New York City for the previous 30 years understands what Donald Trump is all about. Ask the people who were subcontractors for the Trump organization what Donald Trump is is all about. Mm -hmm. Ask Taco Pina, (laughs) Donald Trump's former lawyer, who we're going to talk about a little later, what Donald Trump is all about. The people who have lined up to testify against Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. they all know it. And yet these people, these badly deluded people, got in line last night in frigid temperatures and decided, hey, you know what, we got to go down and uh, vote for Donald Trump in the caucuses. And by the way, did you notice how they were voting? Did you see the voting process, Buzz? No, I didn't watch, no. They were putting wadded up pieces of paper into paper grocery bags. Sure, sure. Because Donald Trump is all about the security of our elections, right? (laughs) They were collecting ballots in paper grocery bags. Like there's any voting security. There's any security as far as the election goes by using paper grocery bags. Yeah, well, at least it can't be hacked by dead Venezuelan presidents. So <laughs> That's right. You got but, that going for it. Yeah, it, no, it, yeah. It, about the about those people, about yes, the yes. people we we don't we can't believe that they've been conned by this guy. Uh, uh, part of it is emotionally based, of course, yeah. but but so much of it is ignorance. And whenever and wherever ignorance leaves a vacuum, misinformation floods in, and that's what's happened in this case. And how we deprogram that i have no idea as i indicated before but that's what's happened here yeah and so there's a lesson here about allowing this kind of ignorance to exist in the first place and like i said also somewhere in here there's a lesson about emotion and uh these people are angry and they feel cheated somehow um i, I don't know how we write that either uh, because uh, that's 
you know, you can't you can't argue with how they feel, even though their feeling is based on something that isn't true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've said this for uh, years now that they believe the world's most notorious liar is the only one telling the truth, and literally everyone else is lying to them. That's how badly damaged their bullshit detectors are. And you know, he, he, I saw something that said uh, Trump has like doubled his support from college-educated Republicans over the last year. I noticed and, that, and, yeah. and And it's it's because of the indictments. Yeah. And, and this just baffles me. This blows my mind. College-educated people presented with evidence, increasing evidence, that Donald Trump committed a crime, a series of crimes, mm-hmm. are even more supportive of him. Uh, that's I understand it for the non-college educated because they're not college educated. Mm-hmm. But 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 for the college educated to believe that this man who has committed so many obvious crimes, uh, to 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 find him even more desirable. Uh, yeah. As a result of that, uh, they see this, of course, as political persecution. But they've also seen the evidence. I guess they have hypnotized themselves since January 6th uh, to believe that wasn't real, that it didn't happen, that the FBI did it, that it wasn't that bad, uh, you know, then that it wasn't Donald Trump. And, And they've just kept repeating that mantra to themselves over and over until now they're convinced. And again, I don't know how we break through that. I think... One of the reasons they continue to support Donald Trump, despite all of the things around Donald Trump, all the things that he's done, all of the lies, all of the bullshit, the big con, all the rest of it. The reason they continue to do that is because they have prioritized simply winning the election. They don't care how the election gets won. They don't care how Donald Trump succeeds as long as he succeeds. They don't care about the uh, methods anymore. But they want him to succeed. It's also the, the reason they want him to succeed. They, they, it's because of the anger. Yeah. It's because they, they know that he'll be mean to immigrants, and they want yeah. that meanness. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so the victory is, in and of itself, the only priority. Because they know that subsequent to that, that they're going to uh, get all of the racist, awful things that they want done. They're right. going to get that done. And if it's, as long as it p- pisses off liberals, too, well, that's a bonus. They're really oh, into yeah. that as well. Right. And, and But they don't, again, I, I think a lot of them do recognize the fact that Donald Trump is a big, fat liar. And But I don't know how many of them actually realize. I don't know how, if this has occurred to any of them that... Voting for Donald Trump is something that goes on like a permanent record, like their names are going to be permanently attached to having voted for Donald Trump. And and if they're OK with that being the case, knowing that, man, it could come down any second now that Donald Trump is on tape raping uh, a young girl. Right. I mean, these are things that could come down any second and yet they're okay. It doesn't matter. As long as he's winning, as long as he's ahead, as long as he's always, always, always winning, that is the priority. Nothing else matters. So, and I, obviously that doesn't apply to everyone because there are clearly lots and lots of people who take Donald Trump's word as the gospel truth. And to those people, I would love to start selling robot insurance, but you know, <laughs> door to door. Yeah, you know, yeah. robot attack. That's something that you really need to be worried about. You never too. know. Buy some insurance because they eat old people's medicine for and, fuel. And be sure and get the zombie rider. <laughs> right. Well, New York Post called Trump's 51% in the caucuses last night. Uh-huh. They called that a landslide. Yeah. 
Hal Sparks replied to uh, that particular headline and said, Iowa caucus turnout was the lowest since 2000. Right. Nearly cut in half since 2016. Right. And Trump won about 50% after getting 98% of the Republican vote in 2020. A graph of this turnout would make any Trump campaign employee shit their pants. You know, like Trump. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anytime, you know, uh, it can be, I guess, reasonably argued in court that anytime uh, a candidate A beats candidate B by 30 uh, percent, yeah. by 30 points, that that's a landslide. So mm -hmm. that's if I guess if they're going to cover their bases, that would be that would be how they would do that. But uh, yeah, and, and I realize this isn't over. What I also realize where I started out is uh, this is a clear message that uh, Republicans, given a choice, uh, choose the fascist. Yeah, and uh, you know, we're, we're, we're what we're up against there. I, I want to. I don't know if you're. Are you about to go to break? I just no, no, no. Say what you need to say. There's no hurry. Oh well, I was just gonna, before we wrap up this segment. You had mentioned uh, people who could testify as to you know what an ass Trump is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a, a Democratic group called American Bridge. 21st century, and hmm. they are spending $140 million on an ad campaign this spring that employs these very people. Wow. They've developed a 732 leads, conducted 472 interviews, and filmed 50 voters so far who will be the voices in this ad campaign. Hmm. These are working-class voters uh, who will testify to the American public in these uh, pro-Biden ads uh, the danger that Donald Trump presents uh, a female union electrician in wisconsin uh, a woman who a pennsylvania woman who talks emotionally about what it meant to hang her u.s flag outside her home on the day after the jan 6 attack mm -hmm. these are going to be very very powerful ads and uh, we'll be talking about i know some more advertising uh, later in the show but uh, since we were talking about the people who could testify against trump i just wanted you to know that the, not only are they out there they're being located and they're going to be on television. Yeah, and all the testimony that we've seen in all of these criminal cases and the J6 committee and all the rest right. of it, these are Republicans, many of them former Donald Trump loyalists. Right. And that gets entirely lost in the mix. And Donald yeah. Trump knows that. Donald Trump's entire media strategy is built around the fact that our current news media is incapable of covering all these things. The, the current state of our news media, and obviously there are many exceptions, but generally speaking, the plate spinning act of covering Donald Trump's fuckery is nearly impossible. I don't know why. Structurally, it just can't be done. It can't so, hold. Yeah. 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 As a result, a lot of this shit falls through the cracks. And I think that's one of the reasons, that's one of the, uh, I think, mission statements of this particular yeah. podcast is to pick up all the shit that falls through the cracks. Yeah. And, and the media the media is allowing a lot of that still under the false belief that uh, Der Fuhrer will spare them. Yeah, right, uh, right. When the time comes, he will not and uh, so even the media doesn't realize the threat uh, yeah, that, that yeah. he poses to, to even them. Right, right. I don't think they understand that once you open the door to dictatorship, that dictator can be deposed and other dictators can rise in that dictator's place. We don't often see the stakes of this thing laid out in those terms. Yeah, and, and they need to start doing that. And that, that is one area where, where I agree with a lot of uh, vocal progressives uh, on, on the media. Uh, I, you know, it, it, it can't be overstated 
just how bad things are right now in yeah. terms of, of the media uh, shirking its responsibility mm -hmm. at the peril of us all. Well, one of the things that we're going to talk about here after a break is Trump yet again confirming that he plans to be president for life. Sure. And as far as I'm concerned, this is like the story of the 2024 election. Donald Trump wants to be a dictator. He will never leave. He will get into office if perchance he wins and he will never leave. He's been talking about this for years. You talk right. about the inadequacy of the news media covering Donald Trump, and this is one of the gaps where this should be banner headlines at the top above the fold of every newspaper in the country, of every newspaper website in the country for that matter. Donald Trump once again confirmed that he will get into office and it will not be just one term of four years and then he's out per the 22nd Amendment that we just talked about. It's going to be more beyond. He's been talking about having, well, I'm getting into it now already, but we're going to take a break and get into this in further detail uh, in, in a couple of seconds here. Plus, uh, Taco Penis is out and his firm has withdrawn from representing Donald Trump. We'll talk about that here in a second, too. Plus, we've got some fantastic news from the Joe Biden campaign. Ah, good. Yes. We, so we're going to dose this <laughs> with uh, some positive news here coming up in a second. Plus, uh, Charlie Kirk has launched the MAGA attack against Martin Luther King Jr. Sure, that's a winning gambit. Yep. If you had that on your bingo card, make sure to put the uh, marker on that spot. Okay, short break. Back with more show right after these words. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive. And start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. The way car buying should be. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out. Unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath & Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com.
brand new single from the great Dave Moulter. Love this sentiment. We'll be fine is the name of the song. Link in the descriptions. Yeah, link in the description to support Dave. Get this single into your record collection now, huh? All right. What were you going to say, Buzz? I'm sorry. I said I hope he's right. <laughs> yes, me that, too. So that, that will be fine. That will be fine. That's what no, I mean. I, I, and I and I think he is too. But we have to. I have to believe that we'll be fine, and I can also hope that we'll be fine. Yes, yes. I think we're okay. I think ultimately we're going to be okay. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. Um, let's get back into things here. Uh, Trump again confirmed that he plans to be president for life. Sure. Yeah, I heard it. Yes, uh, this is something that he said many, many times. He insists that because of the Russia investigation and all of the other investigations against him, that he deserves a redo of his first term. But it's not going to end there. And I'm not making that up. This is not me just going, ah, shit, you know, Donald Trump's a tyrant and blah, blah, blah. Use Joe Biden's line. Not a joke. It's not Not a joke. joke. Not a joke. (laughs) No joke. No joke. Yeah, that's what Donald Trump has been saying. I'm just repeating what Donald Trump has said on many occasions into a microphone. It's true. Yes. And here's the most recent occasion in which Donald Trump confirms that he's going to be here for more than just four years. He felt just the history of Iowa, right? The history of Iowa was very important that it stay here. But nobody had to call me because I made the commitment and we kept you first in the nation. As long as I have anything to say about it. And that we have a good chance of saying for four years, we'll have a lot to say about it, four years and beyond. Four years and beyond. Yeah, it's almost an afterthought with him because he it's a foregone conclusion in his mind. Now, you got to ask yourself, or you ask your MAGA relatives, MAGA former friends or whatever, is this something that Donald Trump's just bullshitting about? Or is it entirely within Donald Trump's character to, yeah, do what he has to do to stay in office. There's no question that we have proof of it. We have proof that he tried to stay in office uh, last time and that we, we know he will again. So that that's the first and, and most irrefutable proof Yes, uh, is that he's already tried it once uh, and he's promised, uh, not just on this occasion, but on others, that he would do so again. Uh, and by the way, Jack Smith has collected a tidy amount of evidence to that effect. Right. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about democracy. These are Trump voters that I'm talking about. People right. that you saw lining up last night, half of them, full half of them, think that, uh, yeah, you know what? It's fine. We don't care if Donald Trump stays in office. In fact, we want him to stay in office. Why? Because the threat of Joe Biden and the radical left Democrats is too great to have any other alternative. So if Donald Trump wants to stay in office, Donald Trump wants to be a dictator, we're okay with it. We're cool with that. In fact, that's desirable. It's not even a matter of does he support this or doesn't he? To them, it's all about, well, yeah, he has to support this. He has to stay in office forever. Because otherwise, our country is going to go straight to hell, as Donald Trump always says. with, With the Democrats, yes. These are the stakes that I think need to get to the casual voters as well, the people who aren't paying attention as we do to politics. Ding, ding, ding. You just hit a major important point there. Yeah, Uh, yeah, you deserve those bells because uh, there is what I I think it's like 14% of the public. It's The latest poll has like Biden 43, Trump 43, and then there's, I'm not good at math, but about 14% of the people saying they're undecided. Well, that's a huge, uh, that's a a huge availability Mm -hmm. uh, for, for either side, but I think the odds are in our favor with the continuing 
prosecutions throughout the summer. Uh, I, you know, I, I have a lot of faith that uh, things can still turn around. Uh, not to mention the launching of a of a really killer Biden campaign. Right, right. The Republican Party, as it exists right now, uh-huh. is incompatible with American democracy. These Absolutely. two things cannot continue to coexist. It's a fascist party. The Republican Party, as it exists right now, must die. Mm-hmm. It must right. politically die. It must be. It must go away and be replaced by something else. Maybe they still call it the Republican Party. Maybe they call it the Whig Party or whatever. <laughs> whatever they choose to call it, there needs to be something else that emerges in its place. That has to ultimately be the end game. That needs to be part of the conversation that we're having here. Because you think you think the Republican Party, all these voters who still line up behind Donald Trump, do you think that they're, they're suddenly, suddenly going to have a change of heart? without any motivation for that change of heart? No. They've got to be shaken by the lapels at some point and snapped out of it. One of the things that I think might help or work is the division of the Republican Party. The best way to crush it politically is to divide it and by forcing Republicans to pick a side. Mm -hmm. Are you with the... Are you with democracy or are you with him? Yeah, right. And and I think the more we press that case as this year goes on, uh, the stronger case we have. Yeah, and you know what? You know who's noticing that Donald Trump is a rat bastard? Who? <laughs> All of Donald Trump's people. Oh, yeah. Everyone who shows up, whether it's his lawyers, whether it's his staffers, anyone who gets close to Donald Trump right. is going to get chopped up in the Donald Trump propeller. And that's just the way it goes. I think the only person, we've talked about this before, I think the only person to escape that so far, and I say so far, is Stephen Miller. I think just about anyone who's part of Donald Trump's inner circle has been fucked over by Donald Trump's behavior. Yeah, or or back or backed into a corner by Jack Smith, and and, and part of me wonders if uh, Jack Smith is saving Jason Miller for you know uh, toward the the end. Yeah, if that would be one of his final targets. Yeah, yeah. His ongoing investigation. Well, it's astonishing to me that Donald Trump still gets legal representation <laughs> from these defense lawyers <laughs> who know what he's all about. Taco Penis knows going in what Donald Trump is all about. When he decided, okay, we're going to take on Donald Trump as a client, Joe Tacopino we're talking about here. Right. As soon as he took on Donald Trump as a client, it wasn't like there was no precedent. Like, uh, like gee, I don't know. What's he going to be like as a client? Uh, you know, maybe he'll right. be fine. He'll be fine. We'll get paid on time and mm-hmm. you know, no problem there. We'll get mega money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, that's complete horseshit. Anyone who goes into working for Donald Trump and doesn't realize what's going to happen to them, well, they deserve what's going to happen to them because they are aware. There's a public record. You can easily search for it at google.com. Just type in Donald Trump lawyers not paying, and you'll find an entire history of Donald Trump not paying his lawyers, suing his lawyers, firing his lawyers, uh, not paying any attention to his lawyers, doing his own goddamn thing, and yet they still decide to line up. In fact, this is all getting around to the fact that Joe Tacopina has withdrawn as a lawyer for Donald Trump, and not just Tacopina himself, his entire firm, which means Donald Trump has lost three lawyers as a consequence yeah. of this. Yeah, I, I, the, the story to me at this point is not that uh, lawyers continue to line up for him. It's that uh, lawyers continue to file out the door, uh, <laughs> Tacopina being the, the latest. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know if it did, Have you read? Does it have anything to do with money? Because uh, Tacopina was uh, one of Trump's 
uh, most ardent and uh, uh, wide-reaching, wide-ranging, and most loyal uh, attorneys until he wasn't. They haven't said why. Right. But I assume it's because Donald Trump is just a pain in the ass. <laughs> the, well, same, the same reasons yeah. as always. Or, or, I mean, there are a couple of reasons we go. He's a pain in the ass client. Yeah. He doesn't pay. But I think the overriding issue is he knows Trump is going to lose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Smith has an airtight case. It cannot be defeated in a court of law. Right. It just can't. It just can't. We saw this with uh, Sauer, the guy who represented Donald Trump yeah. in the uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Right. This guy was being puppeteered by Donald Trump. Donald Trump right. wrote a script for his lawyer that his lawyer had to read. That's how we right. got to, oh, Donald Trump is ahead by a lot. He's ahead in all the polls. Right, right. Well, where did you hear? That's Donald Trump's words being spoken by the So you know that a lot of what Donald Trump's lawyers say is being dictated, because he's a dictator, by Donald Trump. This is what he does. As a, consequently, I, I, I don't think anyone wants to represent him. But despite right. that, there is still going to be someone else who's going to power walk right into that propeller. Any well, second going, now who's going to take over in these cases for Donald Trump, and but, they're going to get screwed too. But but now he's getting getting them out of the back of the penny saver. You know, he, now he's getting... <laughs> You know, these are these are back of the back of the phone booth uh, lawyers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, here's an indication of the kind of uh, legal challenges Donald Trump forces his lawyers to engage in, and this is just another consequence of Trump's behavior. He has been ordered to pay the New York Times four hundred thousand dollars in legal costs over what the judge considers to be a frivolous slap suit. Mm-hmm. New York judge on Friday ordered Trump to pay the New York Times four there's nearly half a million dollars to cover their legal costs for a lawsuit filed by the former president that was dismissed last year. Trump sued the Times and reporters over a 2018 investigation into his finances and taxes that was based in part on confidential tax records provided by our friend Mary Trump. Yes, yeah. And so yeah. what I'm really hoping, just uh, one last observation real quick sure. about this, Buzz, is I'm hoping that this will lead to a dismissal of the lawsuit against Mary. I don't know if it has mm, yet. Yes, I, don't, I don't think it has. But, yeah, I mean, Donald Trump has sued Mary Trump for millions and millions. I, I, I want to say it's something like $500 million <laughs> because she allegedly violated an NDA or something like that involving uh, handing over these uh, tax records to the New York Times for that big piece. So, yeah, I hope she's next on the list of uh, cases that get dismissed, you know? Yeah, here's what I want to ask you. Uh, people ask this of me, and I presume they ask you, is he going to have to pay that 400000 Will they? Will the parties, uh, rec- will the New York Times receive that 400000 For that matter, uh, when uh, Trump is uh, found to owe uh, E. Jean Carroll more money today in court, yeah. uh, is will she ever see that money? I, 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 you know, I like to think that the court when they make such an order, won't have it any other way, and that, yeah, you have to fork over the money. Yeah. But but does he? Will he? Do these people ever get their money? This is a question I'm commonly asking. I don't know the answer. You know what? I would label that as doubtful. Yeah. I don't think Eugene is going to see any of that money. Mm. I think Donald Trump knows how to just delay and stall having to pay. Right. It's, a, it's the same as uh, Alex Jones is doing right now, too, with the right, Sandy Hook right. families. He's not paying. And he's figured out ways to kind of drag his feet on that. What has to happen is some form of enforcement mechanism needs to be applied to Donald Trump, at which time he'll try to negotiate that. 
for penny, like, pennies on the dollar. I like to think that the court has the authority to make that happen. Yeah. That there's that I like to think there's no way of escaping that, but I know appeals can be filed and that sort of thing, but it seems to me that there comes a point where, okay, well, now it's time to enforce this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a really good question. I hope that he is forced to pay because right. if he does, it's going to sting. I mean, $400,000 here, a million dollars there, half a million dollars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, just it all ends up adding up. $370 million in the civil fraud case. Right, yeah. right. Even if he only has to pay half of them, that's, you know, that's a start. That's something. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and by the way, Stormy Daniels is going to testify yes. in the hush money trial, which is still to come. <laughs> that's still one of the things that's going to happen in 2024 that's going to be yeah. insane. You know, in hindsight, as schadenfreude as that uh, that charge was yeah. when it was first filed, as, as as good as it made us all feel, that probably as much as anything else uh, caused Republicans to start to turn around and, and support Trump more yeah. because they, they felt that was the, the – of all the things we could have gone after Trump for, they felt that was the lamest uh, <laughs> of the bunch. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe it was and maybe it shouldn't have been first. Uh, you know, because I think there's been a political price to pay for it. So that's also a good reminder for us progressives that sometimes what feels good to us, including the ongoing prosecution of Donald Trump, uh, may not have the political effect that we were hoping for. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, there's There were some entrance polls last night that indicated that uh, Donald Trump's support falls if he's convicted. Good. Okay. So, and, and you know what? I think, um, so. I think it was Ari Melber who was making this point uh, quite strongly uh, on the air last night in the midst of everything. Mm. He, he was saying that convictions in a court of law, criminal convictions, right. never help politicians. Historically speaking, well, being convicted for crimes always hurt politicians. Now, yeah. I get it. We're in a new paradigm. Things that hurt other politicians mm-hmm. don't seem to hurt Donald Trump as much yeah, yeah. because he's got a cult. And so that's uh, that's impenetrable. But Again, we're talking about undecided voters. We're talking about voters in the margins of this election. And we're talking about an election that could get decided by one or two percentage points. And so in that respect, all it takes is one or two percentage points of uh, Republican voters to say, oh, you know what? Donald Trump's been convicted for that thing for a coup against the previous election. Maybe we shouldn't vote for him. And more importantly, the effect it can have on swing voters, on that 14% undecided. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where, yeah, Donald Trump should also be damaged by the fact that he's been found uh, liable for rape. You know, stories like that. that You would think that would hurt him. You would have thought that uh, you can grab him by the pussy would have hurt him. Yeah, right. Uh, And and you can bleep that if you want to. Uh, But but he said it, and uh, that's a quote, and you would have thought that would have been the end of his campaign. And even with the Hillary stuff that wrongly came out, still, I can't believe it eclipsed, grab them by the genitals. I know. They were never really the family values party, by the way. No. Likewise, they were Always never the, the party of the economy or anything like that or fiscal conservatism. It's all a big lie. It's all a big hoax. The historical record completely disagrees with that framing of the Republican Party. And so one of my missions here, one of our missions here is to disabuse people of that notion through those of you who are listening. Because the idea here is that uh, Republicans aren't necessarily listening to us. Some of them are, but mm-hmm. most of them aren't. So it's up to you to pass along this information 
to circulate this, to win the water cooler wars, as Tom Hartman likes to say. One of the favorite things I posted this week on social media, uh, Republican governors in 15 states are rejecting federal funds to feed 8 million hungry school kids over the summer because that's what Republicans do. Jesus. Quoting Nebraska's governor, I don't believe in welfare. Quoting Scrooge and the workhouses, are they still in operation? God damn it. Okay, on that note, yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm in a mood today, aren't I? <laughs> I, I love it. I love wanna, it. More like this, fight? please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You want to fight? <laughs> fight me. <laughs> All right, more to come on the show. We're going to talk about some great news for the Biden campaign and what's next in the civil fraud trial. Uh, what, in fact, what's already happened in the New York civil fraud trial? Just to recap here, I went over this on the after party on Friday, but for those of you who don't listen to the after party, we're going to do this again here coming up after a short break. Back with more podcasting right after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Bob Seska plays more music. You know, I guess I kind of love it. You know, the freedom and the truth. Talking all night long of the universe and dreams. And the times we're living in. And the girls that we're seeing. Rocking heavily on the Lost the wrestlers on the bed. Those angels were like Jean That's brand new music from Subred Lux. And our friend Dave Barrett from the UK is a song called Like Gene Harlow. Hot off of the presses. Hot from the recording studio, I should say. Yeah, I love this one. Link in the description, of course, to support Subred Lux. One of our favorites here on the show. Yeah. BobSeska.com. Find this episode dated 116.24. Click that link, scroll on down, and you'll find all the music uh, here on today's show. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for supporting the independent recording artists on the program. Okay. So uh, let's see here, Buzz. Uh, great news for the Biden campaign. Uh, this is maybe even more important than polling results or anything like that, forecasts, et cetera. But the, uh, the Biden campaign has smashed fundraising records for the fourth quarter. 
It raised $97 million and enters the election year with $117 million in its war chest. This, you know what this indicates to me, Buzz? The Biden campaign is just getting started. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we said last week, and I completely agree. Uh, there was no sense in going full throttle until now. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't have sold last year anyway in the midst of inflation. Uh, this is a very hopeful year with a lot of good things happening. Now mm-hmm. is absolutely the time. We're now within 11 months of the of the election. Uh, now is absolutely the time to, to start this effort. And uh, it isn't just the Biden campaign. It's some of these uh, secondary and tertiary campaigns that, that I mentioned, uh, some of the PACs, Future Forward USA Action. Uh, they've already spent uh, $20 million on ads on top of that. So this is all very encouraging. We are uh, not just the Biden campaign, but all of us who support it are all now working together and uh, just getting started. Yeah, indeed. And I think a lot of this, and I, I don't have any specific information along these lines, but just looking in from the outside, I think this is maybe a wise strategy. It could be fucking up behind the scenes. I don't know. But the wise strategy, especially in this modern age where politics is doled out in seven second TikTok videos, Mm. et cetera, timing is everything. What you want to do is you want to put forth your best effort within a certain window of the election. Right. Right. Anything that happens outside of that window while it may provide a kind of sort of slight benefit campaign-wise or electorally, mm-hmm. ultimately it gets lost. Anything that happened prior to January 2024 that might help Joe Biden is going to be forgotten by November 2024. Right. That is, uh, I, I'm making this observation while at the same time thinking in my head, I fucking hate this observation. Because one of the most frustrating aspects of covering politics to me has invariably been, and this is across the board, I'm talking big picture here. Instant amnesia? It's the amnesia. It's that frustrating, fucking insufferable amnesia. People who don't remember that Republican presidents always preside over economic downturns. There is always some sort of disaster. And you can name example after example of this sort of thing where people just don't remember. People don't remember Lining up for Donald Trump, they don't remember the disaster of 2020 and how Donald Trump's incompetence facing down COVID killed many of their friends and family members. They don't remember that. And, And that's what's frustrating here. So consequently, you have to structure campaigns and put all of your best shit into a window of time in which people will actually remember what well, you have done. Fortunately, uh, we have a, a list uh, that we can revolve throughout the coming year. Uh, the group I mentioned earlier, the American Bridge uh, 21st Century Project, yeah. they, they have like a four-pronged approach with their advertising campaign, and it appears to me, Bob, to be identical to the Biden campaign's approach, and, and I like this. Yeah. Uh, here are the four points. Uh, focus on Trump's role in curtailing abortion access. Yeah, that's one. That's one. Mm-hmm. Number two, his role on the Jan Six attack on the Capitol. That's two. Hmm. Uh, three, a Republican plans for entitlement reform. I wouldn't word it that way. Yeah. I would say Republican plans to cut Social Security and Medicare. Yeah. Uh, and and fourth, Biden's plans for the economy. So there it is: abortion, his role in overturning democracy. 
uh, how Republicans plan to take away your Medicare and Social Security mm -hmm. and uh, what Biden plans to do with the economy beyond what he's already done. Yeah. Those are the four big points. Now, as far as uh, your point about the Republicans wrecking the economy, that falls, I think, under the subhead as a subheading under uh, Biden's plans for the economy and Republican plans to cut Social Security and Medicare. There, mm -hmm. there certainly can be worked in. But just revolving those four topics, just rolling those four topics around uh, over the next 11 months, and I'm sure there'll be more, uh, it gives us more than enough fodder uh, for this campaign. And, and so I think that's how we can prevent this amnesia from the short-term memory from, yeah. from kicking in. Yeah, and that's what we have to do. Take advantage of this period of time, this window in which people actually will actually remember shit. And uh, hopefully the Biden campaign is picking up on that dynamic as well. Uh, yeah, I think they ahead. are. That's yeah. that's the impression I'm getting and yeah. from what I'm seeing from the early uh, campaigns. And it looks like, I don't know how closely these folks are working together. You're not supposed to, the PACs and the campaigns are not supposed to intersect. Yeah. But they seem to be all focused on the right priorities, and that's very mm -hmm. gratifying. Uh, when I look at the amount of money they've accumulated and uh, how it's being spent and uh, what the other groups are doing and how the messaging is unified and effective, I think, uh, there's great reason for optimism here. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to note here while we're talking about fundraising mm -hmm. is uh, MSNBC has a bit of a graphics problem <laughs> in the context of reporting President Biden's fundraising hall for right. quarter four. The chart, as I'm looking at it here, shows obviously President Biden with $117 million in fundraising for quarter four uh -huh. uh, with a, a blue bar. That's the uh, chart that we're looking at here. Second, Donald Trump with $38 million in quarter three raised. That red bar representing Donald Trump is about two thirds the height of the $117 million blue bar. You get what I'm saying here? I do. I they do, exaggerated yeah. the size of Donald Trump's bar in this graph. So to be entirely clear about this, Donald Trump's fundraising is only about a third of Joe Biden's fundraising, but yet they're showing Donald Trump's fundraising as two-thirds the size of Joe Biden's fundraising. You see that? I, I, I Yeah, I attribute that to sloppiness or laziness, but uh, this too is another condemnation of the media. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once again, illustrating to everyone watching it, even on a subconscious level, well, right. I guess uh, Donald Trump's doing okay. He's competitive with Joe Biden on fundraising. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they don't want us to get overconfident. <laughs> this drives me fucking crazy. I get it. All right. Uh, one other thing here that I think is appropriate to do as we await a decision from Judge Engeron in the civil fraud trial in New York City, the right. Letitia James thing. What's already been decided about the Trump organization? Donald Trump has already lost this thing. Uh, what's not decided is how much he's going to have to pay, what the penalty is going to be for that. And right. uh, we can have a pretty good idea of what that's going to be like. So this is from Forbes magazine. As of right now, Engeron has decided on $370 million in additional penalties. He's deciding on this right now. Uh -huh. On additional penalties, plus whether to ban Trump from doing business in New York. Yes. But he's already ruled on the Trump organization itself. In a ruling that found Trump and his company fraudulently misstated the value of their assets, canceled any certificates for businesses named in that lawsuit, as well as any other entity owned or controlled by Trump, Eric Trump, Don Jr., former CFO, Alan Weisselberg or Trump yeah. organization executive Jeffrey McConney. Yeah. 
The limited liability companies named in the lawsuit include companies for the Trump Organization, more broadly in specific properties like 40 Wall Street in New York City and the Trump Seven Springs Estate in Westchester County, New York. And Goron ordered a receiver to be appointed. This has already happened. He's ordered a receiver to be appointed that would oversee the company's plural and sell off assets in the case. Though uh, legal experts told Insider Trump would continue to own his buildings. I'm not sure. That's still a question mark. Yeah. Former financial crimes prosecutor Diana Florence told Insider the situation is akin to a company going bankrupt and likened losing a business license to losing a driver's license. Yeah. Meaning the person could still own the car but they wouldn't be able to do anything with it without the license to drive it. (laughs) The receiver will sell off assets and continue to take steps like paying the company's bills until those assets are sold off. Mm -hmm. And Trump would then receive any money that's left over after paying the company's debts as the Trump organization's beneficiary. That's nice. So at some point in time, and it, it may be underway, I don't know that it is though, but at some point in time, we could see, figuratively speaking, a yard sale sign out in front of Trump Tower <laughs> with stuff laid out on tables, I little tiny handwritten price tags on them, something to that effect, uh, a more official version of that. And I can't fucking wait. He deserves it. We deserve it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, yes, yeah. we absolutely we, do. We earned this. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Now, are we gonna? Uh, you, we're gonna talk about him going crazy in court. Oh, do, yeah, did we not talk about that? We, yeah. we, did, we did not. Okay, we'll talk about him going crazy in court here on the Shadow Docket Show uh, coming up uh, next on our Patreon I page. I as much, yes. Yeah, plus, uh, what else do I want to mention here? Um, I don't know. I could go nuts and uh, piss off some more people. You just don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about yes. Charlie Kirk uh-huh. launching the MAGA war against Martin Luther King Jr., a brilliant move, really, strategically, because who didn't, you know, who liked it? Nobody liked Martin Luther King, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, he's fine. They've gone from trying to co-opt Martin Luther King. Right. To actually attacking Re- his reputation from beyond Demon- the grave. Demonizing him as they did in the 1960s, yes. Right. On Martin Luther King Jr. Day, right. Charlie Kirk decides to do this. We're going to talk about that here coming up in a second. Plus, uh, we have a tiny Trump jingle submission. Oh, I'm, I'm still waiting on Rocky Mountain Mike to possibly uh, submit something that we will absolutely use. Sounds like a suggestion. But I don't know. It, why not read some of the runners up for some yes, uh, lyrical sure. content for the tiny Trump jingle? Talk about that, too. Plus, Very good. Trump wants to build an iron dome over the United States. That is, uh, yes, he's going full Mr. Burns. <laughs> I want to. I want to build an iron dome over Donald Trump. <laughs> Let's get to work on that, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's going to be American-made, just to be clear. Our iron dome <laughs> but, over Donald but Mexi- Trump. But Mexico's going to pay for it. Mexico's going to pay for the dome. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, plus, uh, oh, my God, Bill O'Reilly's book was banned in Florida. Oh, my. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. We're going to talk about that, too, coming up on the Shadow Docket Show on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. Go there right now, sign up for $5 a month. And you know what you get for $5 a month? What? You get two Shadow Docket Shows every week, but that's not all. You get to participate in the comments. You get to participate in the chat room on the Patreon page. You get to download the app, which means you'll get notifications every time there's a new podcast dropping, as the kids say. 
All those things. You sign up for yeah. $10 a month, by the way. You get all those things, the Shatter Docket, etc. Plus, you get the Friday after party with me and Kimberly Johnson. Yay. Yeah. She's coming home soon. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, I'm excited. Hooray. All right. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. See you in the chat room.